Welcome back to Cars, News, and Brews, Episode 3. I'm your host, Grant Torgerson, with co-host Brandon Lubick. Lots of stuff going on today, Brandon, huh? There's, I mean, there's stuff every day I'm getting from automotive news that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. It's super exciting. Yeah, so, you know, there's updates from Volvo, Cadillac, Kia, alongside a Congress reviewing uh, CFPB's guidance on dealer participation. Um, anyway, like I said, there's a lot to talk about today, so let's dive right in, and we'll go ahead and start with Volvo. So, um, this one's pretty interesting for me. The 2019 XC40, it's a new smaller SUV that they're coming out with in uh, spring of 2018. And uh, basically what they're doing with this car is kind of mirroring cell phones. So what I mean by that is when the XC40 comes out next spring, uh, you can buy it like a traditional purchase. You can lease normally like any new car or for the first time and no other company or manufacturer has done this, you can get it as a subscription. So that being said, so what does the subscription get you? So the sub- subscription is Care by Volvo, and that basically is taking the guesswork out of all car ownership. Uh, you come in and you're going to pay a couple of different prices, but it's starting at 600 bucks a month for the first model. There's, you know, obviously there's two different packages in the car. Um, so if you go with the lower end package, 600 bucks a month starting out at. Uh, the Care by Volvo is, is going to cover all car ownership. So it's going to cover insurance, service, maintenance, and basically everything covered or everything on a car except gas. So for you come in, what you'll do is you'll sign a two-year subscription. Um, again, the insurance policy is actually provided by Liberty Mutual. Uh, you get a tire protection and a 24-7 Volvo concierge and roadside assistance um, and maintenance and service. So you know what I thought was pretty cool about that is that so it's a 24 or it's a two-year commitment. Yep. But within 12 months, they give you the ability to get out and restart the or get into a newer different vehicle correct and actually that's the most appealing thing to me as well because i don't know about you but i'm actually leasing my cell phone right now and i'm on that same year every um and it's up right now actually uh, i signed an 18 month lease you know for the iphone and after 12 months so every year i can get the brand new uh iphone so i'm actually going to go in and get the new iphone uh relatively soon here in the next few weeks when I can get some time. But um, so to me right away, just to kind of talk about it, I think this is kind of pretty genius. This is pretty cool. Um, obviously no other manufacturer has done this yet, so we don't know what the results are going to be. Maybe no one else would think it's cool. Um, I, well, I think it it could take off, but you know, Volvo's, you know, trying to capture as much market space as, or, you know, market space as they can. So, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're going to come out with an all electric line which is another thing that they're coming out with mm-hmm. on top of the subscription service. So it's an easy way to you know buy a car because it's literally turnkey. The only thing you have to worry about on the car for the two years that you own it is putting gas. And I think I think when we were reading earlier, I think you said it's set up to do 15,000 miles a year. So it's, yep. I think it's still in its infancy, so there's still going to be some things they need to work out, you know, credit-wise, unapproved credit, what works, you know, mm-hmm. where your payment lines well, and that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, well, how is it different than leasing? Is there no mileage constraint? Because, like, holy crap, that would be awesome for me. I drive a lot, you know, 20, 25,000 miles a year. This could be awesome. And then after diving in a few different articles, finding out that they're going to allow 15,000, and then just like a lease, any mileage you're over, it's 25 cents a mile. So I think it could be something like a beefed-up lease, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's basically 
taking it out of the F&I's office to sell the tire and wheel, to sell the prepaid maintenance, you're basically just getting that included? Correct. But I think the thing that's going to make it a little different than the lease is that you're guaranteed at the 12-month time frame if you want to get out of it and go into the next, you know, the next Brand new model or whatever. It's just going to keep it rolling. Yep. So, and the fact that they're going to be able to do it, or eventually they're going to roll it out on all their lines, I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a pretty cool, cool idea. Oh, I, I, yeah, I complete, completely agree. And like I said, I'm, I'm super interested into that. And, you know, I have a bunch of questions too. I would love to talk to someone from Volvo, but uh, obviously in the spring when stuff comes out, you know, like what if I'm at 23,000 miles and my 12 months is up and I want to get the new one? Is that like, because I'm not at that 30,000 for the full 24 months, is that okay? Again, I can just get in the new one right away, without sign a another mileage, one. Without a mileage penalty. Correct. Or is it going to be like, oh, you're you know, 9,000 miles over, you got to you know, pay that 25 cents per mile. Or, you know, I'm just curious on that because if it's kind of like here, you have 30,000 miles for two years, you can use them up in your first few months and then get a new one or, you know, or the first 12 months and then no penalty, get a new one. I'm sold. That's cool. And then you're, every year you're in a brand new Volvo all-wheel drive SUV, it's pretty cool to me. And you know, you don't have to worry about car insurance, you don't have to worry about any of that. There's, there's gotta be so many moving components to that. There is, and I have so many questions too, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, you're just, you know, some somebody that has like eight speeding tickets just walks in, there's gotta be moving components to that. that For insurance. The, that affects the payment. You gotta, you gotta imagine something. <laughs> oh well, man. It's just a blanket statement that you get a car for 600 bucks a month. That's that's true, but I mean, for the dealership too, for the, all the Volvo dealerships, I mean, you're getting a tire protection in there, and you're getting a maintenance plan probably, or you know, yeah. Something so it's driving driving business back to service. So service retention is is great. But yeah, the insurance policy through Liberty Mutual. I wonder, I wonder what that looks like. Because to your point, you know, if you come in or a, you know. A, DWI or something that's on there. I wonder if they have it like broken out like here's your base payment for the car and then it, you know based on your credit here's where your where your payment falls and then they add in uh, where your payment falls for the insurance every month. That's probably. And they just have a baseline for the other products. Yeah. I think I think you're you yeah, right like there. Probably like three different components that go into the payment. So if you come in and you have a, you know, whistle clean, you're just Here's your, good. here's your starting at 600 a month for the base package um which still i mean obviously that sounds like a lot to a lot of people that are paying 200 300 maybe 400 a month but when you kind of add it all up i mean a, t- a typical person's at least paying 100 dollars a month for insurance typically our age at least true that's a very good point our age um and then if you add in all the oil changes and you know anything that else were to go wrong even wearable items at this point it's all covered I mean, you're getting close to that 600 a month. Yeah. I'm not saying you're there, but at the same point, for 600 a month, and you're driving a new car every 12 months, that's pretty cool. Or the simplicity, right? Correct. You just write one check every month, or you do online withdrawal, one payment. One, yep. one payment. You don't have to worry about you know whatever it is. Yeah, that, and that's I think what they're they're shooting for too. So, well, cool. Yeah, that's I mean, wrap up the Volvo chat there. You know, the, in episodes to come, we'll dive in more once we see. Um, you know, the results and what's happening out there. Yeah, I'd like to follow up on that one. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, what do you got for us next? Um, something kind of cool that came out, or really big for the, you know, for the finance industry is uh, the Government Accountability Office um, stated that customer, or that they're going after the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's uh, March 2013 guidance, which uh, affects the dealership participation. So they're basically saying that it falls under the Congress or the Congressional Review Act, 
and it should have been uh, submitted to Congress and the Comptroller General for review before it took effect. Okay. So I think the interesting thing on so basically what that's stating is that they're going after the CFPB, stating that they can't, you know, basically what we've seen in the industry where everybody's going from, you know, taking reserve to flats. They're saying that they put that into place without having congressional approval, which okay. they needed to have. So how how was that even allowed then? Why how did that happen? I wonder. Uh, not to get too political, but under the you know previous administration, they just let them kind of free will and okay. do whatever they wanted to do, and I think that's what all scared us back, and you know it really hurt our industry. Hmm. Um, you know, it did exactly what you know the CFP did exactly what they were trying to do, right? Coming down on the banks, costing the banks money, so then they pinched the dealership and you know in turn pinched the employees at the dealership. So yep. basically this process is the exact same thing that they did to, that ended up repealing the CFPB's uh, forced arbitration. So CFP put out a thing for forced arbitration mm. and they brought it to congressional review. Congre Congress shot it down so that's no longer in place. So it might have the same effect on this, um, you know, under the basically the participation program. So when do we know when that's going to happen or what, what will come from that? Is that any time frame attached to this or is it kind of a wait and see kind of deal? Um, I think that the process started back in March of this okay. year. So however long that takes, right? Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Well, hopefully, you know, it works out. Um, well, I think it's going to be huge because, I mean, it costs the, you know, our lenders, you know, tons of money mm -hmm. um, as far as compliance goes. And really all they were, CFPB was trying to do was dictate what the, at a dealership level, what they could do, but they couldn't. So they went after the lenders, the lenders put the pressure on the dealers, you know, so this is going to be uh, kind of a big deal. Is this something when you're out at the dealers, Brandon, that is a part of the conversation? Is this something that everyone's chatting about right now? Or well, it, com it comes up every day. I mean, anybody in a finance department, I mean, that's worked in a finance department knows how much our, you know, our reserves have changed. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that we choose our banks has changed based on, you know, we're looking at what, what our best flat is. Whereas before it was, you know, this dealer's gonna allow me to take the most reserve or the most, you know, spread on the, you know, points, you know, it, it, it's changed everything. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, yeah, let's. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, and you know, we're gonna have to keep a close eye on that. And I feel like this is something we'll probably touch base on in almost every podcast, just to follow up and see where it's at, if it's changing that quick. That is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as we're getting updates. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brandon, or not, but it's a fun little fact. Uh, Kia is actually back for the Super Bowl ad. Um, and when I say back, they're back for the ninth straight year. So basically what Kia is doing is they're establishing themselves as one of the most loyal advertisers in the game. I mean, let's be honest. Who Super Bowl is what? The most expensive TV time to ever place an ad out for a commercial, right? Is there anything else that's even remotely close to that? I don't think so. I, I think Super Bowl yeah. has got that. And they're back for the ninth straight year. So you know they're spending some, some coin on that for sure. Um, and at the time, you know, Kia really needs a boost right now because I, I looked it up and sales dropped over 15% in November this last month. So, 
Um, hopefully someone's sitting back there crossing their fingers that there's, you know, another ad is going to help bring some more people in. If um, not, hopefully it's at least a funny ad, right? Well, that's true. That's actually a good point. Um, <laughs> well, and, and right now anyway, as in, well, it's beginning of December 7th today, um, 2017, and there, as of today, they're the first automotive brand to confirm uh, for the 2018 Super Bowl on February 4th. So I'm, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other ads or automotive companies that are going to be having advertisements. I think last year there's about 10 of them, um, and eight of them actually aren't going to even come back. Or excuse me, two of them aren't coming back. Honda and Mercedes that had a commercial last year, they don't even want to come back this year. They've already stated that. Um, so we'll see out of the do other you, eight that do, come back. Do you think that has to do with the drop in ratings and the? NFL? I think that is a huge, huge. So I wonder, yes. I wonder if the price of a commercial is going to go down. You would sure hope, but for some reason, my gut's telling me that it's not going to go down because, you know, in my thought, I'm a big football fan. I watch them. I, I I get it, and I've seen the articles, and I've seen all the stats that. Well, I think there's a lot viewing of- is down, but when it comes February fourth and the Super Bowl is on Sunday night, and it's here in Minneapolis, our hometown, about a half mile from our, where we're sitting right now, and the Vikings are playing and the Vikings it. are playing there. <laughs> Mark my word. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I hope so. I don't really you, hope don't so. jinx them. Yeah, knock on wood. Would. But I mean, you can't sit here and tell me you're not going to watch the Super Bowl, even though views are down this year. Well, I uh, I think there's a lot of people that are passionate about, um, you know, passionate about you know, the protests and the whole deal. Yeah. So I, the viewership, of, of course, is down, but I don't know. I, I've i still watched it every weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's I, part of my but, Sunday, you know, but one thing tradition. But one thing I will tell you is I've been less less apt to uh, watch games that I didn't care about. You know, whereas before I'd just watch football just to watch football. Yep. You know, so now it's basically I watch the Vikings mm-hmm. and – you know, if it's an entertaining game on Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night, I'll well, watch it. Well, about Monday night? Holy crap. I know. Not I, to get into that, but that was that was a crazy game. A lot of injuries, a lot of, their a lot game, of stuff. Their games on. are always dirty, and th- that's what I'm worried about this Sunday, right? We're playing the Bengals. And know. they're just coming off that Monday night game. Well, yeah. and they're, I don't know. Yeah, we don't not, need to get into that, but <laughs> it, it'll be interesting, and it'll be fun to watch Case Keenum tear it up. And, and So do you uh, think... So well, actually, no. We play we play the Panthers on uh, oh, that's the right. Panthers Pan- it's yeah, Panthers yeah. this week. Bengals next week. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, speaking of that, do you think that they extend Case Keenum before the end of the year? Or do you think? They, they, I mean, they don't have a need to. Right? I think, I think yes, and here's why. I think he's already earned the starting spot for next season. Now that being said, obviously, I'm a huge Teddy fan as well. But I mean. Clearly, Teddy's not going to play this year unless Case goes down with an injury, clearly. You know, eight games in a row with him starting, there's no way. But that being said, I think the Vikings are in an awesome situation because then we get Bradford back too. So we have three starting caliber quarterbacks now. But none none of them are under contract. Correct. But imagine this right after the season ends, whenever it is for us. Can you imagine those? We just sign whichever one's the cheapest? No. I think Bradford's out. Well, Bradford's out, right? I think he's out. But I think, I think it, having Teddy so close and all the fans loving him and all the, the upper management of the Vikings loving Teddy, having that pressure for Case, he's just, he loves it. He, he shows up So do you think we Sunday. can keep both? I think we keep both. And the only reason I say that, and a lot of my friends would disagree, 
maybe Teddy leaves for a different team. I'm sure another team would sign him. Case could leave right away, get a huge payday, and he could go be the quarterback for the Browns. And see, that's what see. I think huge payday. But here's the thing: Case has been on losing teams before, and his performance is not good. Well, he has an offensive line now with the Vikings that can protect him a little bit, not and he has one. yeah, and he has wide receivers that pretty much. I mean, Thielen, Diggs, you have a tight end of Rudolph. I mean, you got Michael Floyd in there a few plays. Anyone he throws to is a top-tier wide receiver in my book. Why would – I don't know. And this is kind of getting into it, like the Kevin Durant in basketball. Take a little bit less money, go have fun, win games, win a championship, or stay in Oklahoma, get paid, not win a championship. You know, in someone's professional sports career – I think I would, you know, it's hard to say because I don't have offers of tens of millions of dollars coming at me, but I would rather get 20 million instead of 30 million or whatever and be on a winning team and having fun versus being on the worst team in the league and getting 30 million or 40 million. That's just me. Obviously, money talks. It only says so much, but from all the interviews I've watched with Casey, he seems like an awesome down to earth guy. That but based on his, tr- you know, his track record, I know that he's been on losing teams, right? But is he somebody that we're going to sink a long-term investment into? Because there's a bunch of wild cards, right? So yeah. him being on his performance prior to this year, you know, Teddy was good, but he has a big injury. That's his wild card. Case has already played. He's already played this season better than Ted, Teddy has ever played. Teddy's ceiling was – there was no ceiling, right? You're like, oh, he's getting better every, better every year. He could, you know, he could bring us who knows where, right? He, there's no ceiling. But he, he wasn't there. He was at probably a level below case of where he's playing now at, at his height. So to gamble on someone like that, I don't know. I'm not a fan of, you know. I'd rather but do you think we case. could bring him in? At, do you think we could bring both of them back for $20 million a year? That's a tough question. That would be an ideal situation because then you have to- two quarterbacks that are can starting play. starting capable. Correct. So that I mean, in a perfect world, case is starting next year, game one. Teddy's the backup. And obviously, if anything, anything, if Case shows signs of slowing down and not performing, you have Teddy right there. He can be in. He knows the offense. He knows everything. He's comfortable. I don't know. That's my two cents. But because I, I think that, but we also have the flexibility, right? We have our, you know, Delvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Under contract. Oh my gosh! A, if he was here this year, if he wasn't hurt. Well, I'm fine with Latavius oh. Murray. He's been playing well the past couple weeks. Yes, but yeah. we have Thielen under contract. I mean, we've got all these guys under contract for you know the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we, we can dump some money to keep two good quarterbacks and figure out. We all know how NFL contracts work. Right? It's yeah. all about the guaranteed money. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I mean, we just have to wait it up and see what happens, but. That's my, you know, I would love to have Case starting and Teddy as the backup. I'm all for, I, don't get me wrong, I'm all for Case starting now. It's just whether or not he's a long-term solution, or even if Teddy's a long-term solution. Well, and, you know, I'm, like I said, I said it in the beginning, I'm a fan of Teddy. He just, he hasn't shown us what Case has shown us this year, even in Teddy's prime and before he was hurt. By no means necessary does, should Case not start ever. Like, even if we lose one of the next two games. Oh, he, Teddy's not playing this year unless Case gets hurt. Yeah. And if he does... I I don't I don't know anything about football. I don't know anything about anything apparently because I mean he's won eight in a row. Mm-hmm. We have one of the four where there's four teams in the league that are ten and two right now. Yep. And we have an eight game winning streak with Case Keenum, who is our backup, and who is has one of the best QB ratings in the league right now. 
I think it says a lot about the team too because we had Bradford in and he had one of the best Q- QB ratings for too. the first week. Yep. 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 But then seeing him that game, the last game he played, oh my gosh, it, it was, was painful. Like, it was hard to watch him. It looked like he, he hurt standing there. You yeah. Know? That was that was tough. But but anyway, yeah. So that was Kia. Kia's back for the ninth year in a row <laughs> for advertising. <laughs> uh, you know, it would be funny because just to kind of wrap this up, you know, last year Kia went, because you brought it up, is it going to be a funny commercial? Is it what? Last year they went for the laughs and they brought in uh, Melissa McCarthy. Um, and if you remember, she was plugging like the environmental credentials of the 2017 uh, Nairo hybrid, the yeah. crossover, um, to, to save a whale, a tree, and a rhinoceros, <laughs> a rhino. Uh, that, was just, that was pretty funny. That was a good one. Um, and then the year before that, in 2016, they got Christopher Walken, um, and then in 2015, Pierce Brosnan. So the reason I say that, the past three years have been huge, really famous celebrities. So, like, you can't really go backwards now. they got to bring in another huge celebrity that's, you know, in the news now. So be fun to see. That's always half the fun is watching the ads, right? Oh, absolutely. I definitely don't fast-forward through them. All right. Uh, so I wanted to talk about... Um, kind of quarter three numbers for the subprime market it's kind of interesting or at least i think it's interesting a uh, big portion of our business um but anyways some interesting facts about uh the quarter three is that our loan terms have reached an all-time high so the average loan term now is 69 months that's crazy that's average that i mean when i was you know is this two years ago when i was selling cars though i would always print out a menu um, with the with the sixty month and the seventy two month, and there was so many people that like, oh hey, can you print another menu of the forty eight months of the you know the thirty six? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, absolutely, we can do that. So to see that now, basically everyone's doing a seventy two or longer, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Which is crazy, right? Considering That's the a long fact, time. considering the fact that most people don't keep their cars nearly that long, right? Um, another cool cool thing is. Uh, that you kind of pointed out was that the total open auto loans has grown 6.8% in quarter three. So it's a total of $1.21 trillion. I can't even, that, that number doesn't even like live, get to my brain. It's so big. Live in the American dream, right? Let's dead up. Wow. <laughs> that is so much money. Um, think but, of all the interest off that. Just that number. Think of the interest. It's a big industry. But I think more importantly that the subprime financing has fallen to its or its lowest point since 2012, meaning that they've captured the lowest amount of business. Why is that, you think? Uh, there's been a growth in the prime business. So, so people, more people are getting good credit is what you're saying? Well, more people are paying attention to their credit before they go in to buy a car. I think that's because of uh, Credit Karma. Just throwing it out there. I know there's a bunch of other in, in uh, credit cards that are doing this now too. Yeah. But before, no, it, but didn't it hurt your credit to check it? Wasn't that a thing? Well, it's a common misconception, right? That but you, that, I mean, I'm saying like, like oh, 10, 10, 15 pay, years ago. Yeah. Like, I think people are more conscious of what their credit score is now. Yeah. You know, how many times do you, you know, I'd have a customer in there and show them their TransUnion score and they're like, that's, you know, lower than what my, you know, score is and I have to explain the different credit bureaus, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's just people are a lot more conscious of it nowadays than True. they ever used to be. Well, I can, which which is a direct agree. direct uh, correlation to the fact of all the commercials of you know Credit Karma. Well, I'm a fan of Credit Karma. I literally every day 
check my credit karma. And when I first got it, I was actually at the dealership I was working. I'll never forget the day. And I signed up for it. It was, I'm like, are you sure this is free? You know, I was like calling around, checking everywhere. There was a credit card on there that wasn't mine. Now keep in mind, this person had paid it perfectly for like five years. So I, I had to get it off, right? Cause it was not my credit card. And it actually hurt my credit score a little bit because it was such good, you know, history. Um, but without credit karma, I would have had no idea that was there. And what if that person would have stopped paying credit card and then that would have hurt, you know? So my point to that is like, I'm a fan. I check it all the time. You know, I'm always aware. I have alerts set up. So with all the technology happening and all the people stealing identities out there, it's a good time to people being aware of their credit and, you know, checking it all the time. So. Alrighty. Well, um, let's see. I think we're kind of running out of time here. Do you want to say anything else about the subprime or wrap that up? Or are we good? We're good on that. Um, I guess not necessarily about the subprime, but I think one thing that helps both sales and F and I is kind of what our average, you know, I thought was interesting is, you know, the average amount finance for new vehicles and used vehicles or pre-owned vehicles. Mm -hmm. uh, new vehicles, the average uh, for th third quarter was 30329 was the average finance. Really? Yeah, and the average for pre-owned was just over nineteen grand. That's pretty sweet. So, like, when you're working with a customer or whatever, you know that uh, these are all averages from quarter three. Like, an average new car payment was just over 500 Average used car or pre-owned car uh, payment was 365 and your average lease payment was just over 400 so it's it's kind of interesting just to know those numbers in the back of your head. So yeah. when you're working a car dealer or whatever, if a customer goes, you know, customers have to know that a car payment five years ago is going to be drastically different from today. Correct. So in which right lines up their last car they bought if they did a six-year loan and they're just wrapping up, it's not going to compare to that. Correct. Anymore. If you're comparing apples to apples, you know, car prices are going up, mm -hmm. you know, terms are going up. So therefore, you have to re-educate the customer for. Well, and that's I, I couldn't. You said it. You said it perfect, Brandon. Uh, with that being said, you know, being knowledgeable about this and, and those price points and being transparent and proactive and saying that to your customer, informing them right away, instead of like waiting to the last second and then they're sticker shocked at the payment and like, oh, my last car wasn't even close to this. You know, at least it's not like a little panic moment for them yeah. where you've just, you know, you've talked about it early in the process and, you know, then they can kind of agree with you make, yeah, pricing for everything is going up and then you have more better odds of selling more products and enough you know it's warranties well, and gaps just, and just think about that right the average new car is 30 grand wow i mean that's taking everything into account but i mean that's you know that's a stiff stiff payment if you're looking at it but that's what your average is mm -hmm. well and if you, i mean it's easy to add up you think of all the computers and safety things that are on cars these days and what 50 miles of wiring are in a car now it's like you're 20 miles it's just insane so you can see how it adds up so quick with all the computers and sensors but but anyway well i think we'll wrap it up for today brandon um you know i appreciate it it was a good conversation like i said there's a lot of stuff happening um you know maybe next week or uh, the week after we'll we'll dive in a little bit about tesla because we all like talking about tesla and every day there's a new headline um of elon musk right everyone loves that yeah these new cars coming out and they can't even sell the model three they can't even excuse me they can sell it they can barely even produce it so anyway we're not going to get into that now but it's just kind of funny because 
they're literally in, in headlines every single day if you're watching news. So, um, well, it was yeah, it was a great day, and we'll and we'll, we'll catch you next week, Brandon. Awesome. Have a good week.